0: Are you ready? Ready to go? Are you ready? Ready
1: for more? Are you ready? Ready for me? Oh my, my. oh my, my you ready? Hello, 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 and welcome to Working for the Weekend, Michigan Ross's podcast about the full time hustle of a part time MBA. My name is Suraj Khandakuri, and I'm, well, as of tomorrow, I'm going to be an alumni of Michigan Ross's PT MBA program. But more on that during the intros. On today's episode, we'll be wrapping up the 2020 to 2021 school year. This has been arguably the second most important year for the podcast. Firstly, because we've expanded to a full team. Last year, it was just Mawa and me. And secondly, because this is really only the second year of the podcast. This only started last year. We'll start this episode like every other episode. We'll do intros and then we've got some general reflections from the team. And then before we go, we'll do some fun questions from the metaphorical question bowl again, just like the start of this year. Before we dive in, if you've enjoyed the season, if it's helped you learn more about your classmates or decide whether a PTMBA program with Michigan Ross was the right fit for you, please leave us a rating or review on your podcast app so that more people can continue to find our show. If you have any questions or suggestions, as always, email us at weekendpod at umich.edu or reach out to us on Instagram at rosswftwpod, Ross, Pod. So with that, I'll pass it over to the team. This week, we just have our Working for the Weekend team, uh, and you may know them from the episode, so let's just do name, program, and year.
2: All right, my name is Brandon Manson. I am a second-year online MBA student.
3: My name is Garrett White. I'm a second-year weekend student for the next day or two until graduation.
4: My name is Leslie Beverly, and I guess I'm officially a second-year weekend MBA, so about to start my second year now.
0: And my name is Neha Yedipadenti, and I'm also going to be a second-year.
1: Sweet. So... I'm just going to kind of dive into our general reflection questions for the year. Throughout season three, we covered going back to school in a pandemic or for some of us starting school in a pandemic. But now that we're at the end of the school year, I wanted to just check in and ask if people had
3: any highs or lows from this year. Yeah. I, so I suppose I can kick this off, Suraj. So I, um, I mean, while there were many lows and, and I, I don't want to make light of the, the stress that everyone has had over the past year, but as a weekend MBA student, as a part-time MBA student, I do think that we really, working from home really gave me personally the opportunity to uh, multitask better. I, I feel like when I was in the office, I was constantly trying to, um, trying to get schoolwork done, trying to do recruiting work and, and things along those lines, but while working from home, working from my, home, my own home office... I was able to sneak in a couple hours of schoolwork throughout the day and maybe take some recruiting calls or some interviews while um, (laughs) getting paid to do so. And (laughs) um, unfortunately, it's tough to admit that, but you really are able to do everything all at once. And I think um, prioritizing your time uh, over the past year, I think I've, I've really benefited from being able to do everything in one
2: location.
1: Yeah, I'm sure the others can relate, especially Leslie, you had an exciting moment this year with your internship.
4: Yes. So I would echo what Garrett, you had to say about just being able to fit more in. Um, I was able to be a pretty active member in the marketing club and pursued recruiting through that and, um, you know, managed to still be working full time and recruiting and uh, accepting an internship offer for the summer at Procter & Gamble. So yeah, I do think that a lot of silver linings this year. (laughs)
1: Brandon or Sanja, were there any
2: moments for you? Um, My my year this year has been very uh, work intensive. So school has felt very much like just another thing that's on top of that. Uh, Worked a lot of pretty consistent, like 10, 12, 14 hour days for pretty much the entirety of the school year. Um, So we did finally get through our launch uh, about a week or two ago. So I'm finally coming up for air. Um, So that is like four years of work that finally came to fruition. So that's been a really bright spot uh, recently. But um, in terms of school, just like getting through stuff that that on its own is uh, that's a big deal for me. So I'm just I'm happy to be here and breathing.
0: Yeah, I think starting the MBA program, like in the middle of the pandemic, I think a high was just kind of the fact that like Leslie and I just finished our first year. And I think just like, Getting to like meet everybody, even if we haven't like physically met in person yet, but just getting to get, become like really close with everybody and actually like looking forward to that in the next year where we can be in person. I think that now
4: in our second year, Sneha, we're going to be so excited to be just in the moment and meeting people in person and not sort of taking that for granted. Whereas maybe the first year if we were normal, it wouldn't have been that exciting and, and the same. So I think that's another silver lining for me.
1: For sure, I know Garrett and I, when we were in the weekend program, just seeing your classmates every other week, there was so much excitement in the air. And then Brandon, you can echo that with the residencies. I can only imagine how your program
2: is gonna be after a year of taking classes together. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we've been talking about that. So, the residency that we had back in the fall was fully remote. So, everyone was, you know, just in their office like they would for their day job, uh, which was not nearly as gratifying as, you know, meeting everyone for the first time back in January 2020. So, we will be, I think a handful of us will be in Ann Arbor in June coming up. Um, So, I'm very much excited to see them. And yes, it makes a huge difference when you can see and hang out with your classmates in person. So, the next question I have is that we've all had
1: a chance to record at least two episodes this year. A funny anecdote that I'll stick in here is that when we were forming the team, I basically had put out a Google form and asked people what roles that they wanted to do. Sneha, I hope you don't mind me telling this story. <laughs> but, but everyone had basically uh, you know, checked off things like hosting and then marketing or hosting and editing and so on and so forth. And the one person that didn't have hosting on their uh, on their form was Sneha. And the reason I'm laughing is because I basically came to these crossroads where I went. Um, I can either acknowledge the fact that she didn't have it on there, or I know that I didn't know why she didn't check it off, but I knew that I personally was like nervous for my first few episodes. And I just wanted her to have the experience of hosting. So I was just going to let her host one. And then talk to her about it after not have her host more. She didn't want to. But the reason I find it so funny is I think Sneha hosted the most episodes this year. <laughs> she had a couple extras from like the crisis challenge and such. Um, so I hope it was a good experience for you. I was
0: going to say, now that I'm looking back, I feel like you steamed the entire thing. But I know, I, I, did. <laughs> I, I remember <laughs> when you mentioned it and I just, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh my God, what did I sign up for? And here we are. Now I'm enjoying it. I actually love it.
1: Listen, I'm just doing what Sanger taught me. This is "quote unquote" leadership, supposedly. Push me. So, yeah, yeah, that was the that was the goal, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that you're you're enjoying it now. But uh, coming back to the question, so we've all recorded at least two episodes this uh, year, and so I'm kind of curious what a key takeaway or insight was, either from your own episodes or from someone else's. And I can kick us off. Um, When I was speaking to Pete Rio, who's an alumni on the Alumni Day in the Life episode, he said something to me that really stuck out. He said, you know, if we had just wanted to get an MBA degree, we could have gone to any any school. Like most of the people that come to Michigan Ross, they're either here to become an executive or to have some sort of impact. And that really just changed the way that I think about my time here. It changed the way that I think about my relationships here because... Um, an example I may have spoken about on past podcasts is the fact that I have another podcast where I'm hoping to like kind of increase South Asian American representation. And so, whereas before I didn't really see that as a career thing or like anything that was linked to my experience at Michigan Ross, him saying that and him talking about the fact that we are at a school like this to have an impact has made me think of that more as part of my Ross experience and it's completely true because I've used all my marketing classes uh, my relationships at Michigan Ross including the alumni network uh, to work on that podcast so that was a big takeaway for me
3: Yeah I, I think one thing um, maybe not necessarily so much from um, from the podcast for the past year but just the my experience in classes, my my classmates and the university collectively, their ability to adjust to outside environment, it, it tells you something about like the will and the spirit of the people that sign up for for a part time MBA program at Ross. Like uh, there is something to I've I've always thought having the name Ross affiliated with uh, your resume. This is going to sound arrogant. I've always thought it, it kind of you say oh I went to Ross and people kind of they look at you a little bit differently. Like the name carries some weight. And I will say that after uh, especially in the past year having to Um, transition from everything in person to online and and some of the, just my classmates' ability to um, make the most of any situation. And I really feel like some of our personal relationships have even gotten stronger just from going through this together. And uh, I just think it's a true testament to the university and to the people that are affiliated
2: with it. Yeah, I can piggyback on on what you were talking about, Suraj. Uh, The leadership episode I did um, talking to a few faculty members, I think one theme that came out of that was, you know, this idea of, um, you know, learn it over the weekend or when you're, when you're doing your coursework and take that skill set to work the next day. Um, especially, that was the part of the curriculum that drew me to Ross more than anything else was the leadership aspect and how much, um, how much Ross is a leader in the research aspect of it. Um, but then also just focusing on it as part of the curriculum Uh, that's been an incredible asset to me in my professional life. And being able to learn something, you know, on a Tuesday night and bring it to work on Wednesday and be able to apply it, that's really phenomenal. Uh, But I think that that's probably more unique to Ross than most places. Yeah, I love that. I actually,
1: I was on the full-time versus part-time programs episode. And that was a, a key takeaway there as well, which is you're learning so many things in class, it's easy for some of that to start kind of spilling out. Uh, if you're not applying it, and the beauty of a part-time program is that you get to apply it as you go.
4: I, I can add some insights here. So I was interested in, I listened to Working for the Weekend when I was applying, and I said this in our way at the beginning of the season that I loved that what the podcast was doing was making current students relatable, and at the time, I was feeling nervous and maybe having some imposter syndrome, like, Oh, can I really, you know, hang with this group? And so, what I took away from this season of actually being a host was these are amazing, inspiring, phenomenal people. But I love just having conversations with all of them. Whether it was my first episode, the wellness episode, just having a panel with current students and hearing what motivates them to stay healthy or in a good mental state, um, and figuring out their work-life balance, to my recent episode where. I'm in marketing, so being able to interview two of our fantastic marketing lecturers, um, Dr. Collins and Professor Leonard, was such a cool sort of like full circle moment for me. But I just, my takeaway is I'm so inspired by everyone involved at Ross and I just want to keep having these conversations.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think the people were probably my favorite part of recording everything. Um, Like my favorite episode was by far the one the, the, the seasons with the woman the workplace and the NBA. And I think what my favorite thing was is just, I never actually met some of these women before recording. I, you know, I reached out because I heard they were cool people to speak with. So I reached out and then I got to learn so much about them, like during the recording, pre-recording, post-recording. And it just kind of made me feel more connected and supported as a network. And it was leading into um, like March, which is like Women's History Month. And i just kind of like walking through all of that. I was just like, I just left feeling so inspired.
1: That's amazing. It we get to have conversations in the winter garden and kind of around uh classes, but it's rare that we really get to sit down like this and talk about a specific topic for you know 45 minutes to an hour. So I, I definitely agree with that. And I think you come away feeling a little closer to the people that you've spoken to on the podcast. So the last question that I'll do before our little Question Bowl is, we'll be taking a break over the summer. The podcast will resume closer to the 2021-2022 school year. So I just wanted to see if any of you have podcast recommendations for our listeners, something to occupy their ears over the break. And it doesn't have to be business stuff, but Brandon, I see you nodding vigorously.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I, I stumbled upon one. I think a lot of people knew about this one, but I somehow just had never really came across it until maybe two months ago. Business Wars is amazing. They're just, they're 24 minute episodes. They're beautifully written and narrated. The sound design is great. They're super interesting stories. And it's, you know, it's perfect for going on a walk. You can throw an episode or two on, or, you know, on the treadmill, hanging out on the back deck, whatever. I highly recommend that podcast.
3: Good to know. I, um, Siraj, I, I hope I don't steal some of your thunder here, but the Robin Hood Snacks podcast and the Snacks Minute. I start off nearly every single day with that. And I do think that you were the one that uh, provided me some insight there, maybe about a year and a half ago before the recruiting season. So uh, thanks to you for that. For
1: sure. It's a good one if you're looking into recruiting. Uh, one that I'll tack on is Armchair Expert. They have a broad range of topics, but they recently had one with Aaron Meyer. So talking about basically global business and how you interact with people globally. I thought that was super fascinating, uh, but it's just a fun podcast in general.
4: I, I listened to um, Harvard Business Review's Women at Work and then um, the Lean In podcast, which I kind of stumbled upon the Lean In podcast when Shelley Archambault was being interviewed, um, and then it was so cool because we happened to be having her as a guest in our human behavior and organizations class. So that made it so much cooler that we were um, able to ask her questions and, and speak to her. So those are two of my faves right now.
0: Well, Leslie took the two that I had in mind and Robin Hood snack. So there goes my entire list. But I'm going to take this chance to plug Surge's podcast since I assume Surge, you will not do it yourself, but I love the podcast. Yes. So brown people, we know, just because I think it's, for me personally, being South Asian, I love hearing these stories of other South Asians doing cool things. And just like, I'm always like blown away with all the cool things that they do. I'm like, wow, I'm just sitting here doing my job. And these people are doing like 500 different jobs at the same time and having fun with it all. So
1: Yeah, the guests podcast. are, thank you, Sam. <laughs> it's kind of you. The guests are very mind-blowing. Uh, and I'll also plug Dear Asian Americans, which is, Uh, another podcast by a You Mitch alum um, that I think is relevant as well if people are are looking into uh, brown people we know. So with that, I'm going to transition into our question bowl. It's a mix of fun and useful questions. I do have some repeats from the start of this year, but that was kind of intentional because half our team just finished their first year and the other half is about to leave. (laughs) We just were about to graduate. So I thought it would be interesting to capture perspectives again. Um, So maybe we can just call out numbers from one to 20 in the same order that we did intros and we will roll with those questions. Why don't we go with 11? Okay. Where are you going to live or would you like to live after graduation?
2: I gotta be honest, I'm staying put. We just bought this house two years ago. I don't think we're going anywhere. i be in mean, Clarkston, Michigan. If anyone needs to come up here and play golf or go to restaurants or something, we get some nice places. Oh, there's a there's a good golf course up there, Fountains. Yes, sir. That's two minutes from my house. <laughs> Hit me right. up. We'll go.
3: Definitely. Um, I, I I don't know if we're each going to to answer the questions, Suraj, but I'll take this opportunity. I accepted a position working for Rivian. I'm moving to Irvine, California, it's September 1st. So. Big transition there. Congrats, Garrett. That's
1: awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'll be heading to New York City. I actually was gunning for Denver, (laughs) but I got a great offer from PwC in their deals practice, and the money's all moving in New York, so uh, they they wanted me over there for a bit. But uh, the nice thing about consulting is that you rack up air miles, which means that I will have frequent trips to Denver. I've got some friends out there, so I've always got a place to stay. Garrett, do you want to call out our next number? Yeah,
3: let's go with number 20.
1: Number 20. Oh, (laughs) so Garrett and I can't answer this one. But number 20 is, why is your golden doodle the best golden doodle? (laughs) And for context, (laughs) three out of five of us have golden doodles. So this question's in here for Leslie, Brandon, and Sneha. This is your chance to brag. But I don't think Brandon's going to support his. (laughs) I will just say mine's
2: an agent of chaos. (laughs)
0: I'll say my golden doodle. Her name is Maggie. She is so calm and like just is just the chillest dog that you'll ever see. So like sometimes people doubt that I'm a dog owner because I you don't hear her ever. But she's just calm and cool. Uh,
4: I have a couple of reasons too. one on a more serious note is that I swear my dog. Her name's Goose. She was like an emotional support dog this past year. I think anyone that has pets or, you know, we're able to be with family or um, in my case, Goose was just so sweet and she kept us going outside on our walks and just, um, I swear, she's a little emotional support dog. And then on a funny side, she has a pretty impressive party trick. We taught her the trick bang and she rolls over and goes kind of belly up. (laughs) So she's got, she's pretty talented. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's hilarious. I have a soft spot for Maggie, but that's mostly because she was kissing up to me while we were out at the cider mill.
0: She's a sucker for people, so she was planning that one out.
1: Yeah, although she did get on the table. (laughs) She was a bad influence on Goose because I think Goose got on the table after she got up there.
4: (laughs) Yeah, she copied Maggie. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Uh, Leslie, do you want to call it a number?
4: Yes, let's do two.
1: Two. Oh, this is one of my favorites. I've been asking a lot of people this question lately. If you were making a time capsule today, what would you put in it?
0: It sounds weird and it's going to come out sounding weird, but on the topic of golden doodles, I would love to just like capture the cuteness of my golden doodle and like keep it with me forever kind of thing. It doesn't make sense, but that's the idea.
4: It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what I would put in my time capsule is, I'm actually in a different Zoom background today, but for the past year, as you all know, I've had this one Ross, Michigan, um, flag in the background. I think that would be like the perfect way to capture what this past year was for me, hanging out on zoom for work and for school with this Ross flag in the background. And it kind of commemorates the fact that I went to Ross.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that was brilliant. It's gotta be something like, uh, I mean, with everything being online, we've been having this conversation right now uh, with a virtual screen in front of us. It's It's got to be something physical. I, I think just to stay on topic, like I just got my uh, my tassel uh, for my graduation cap in the mail, this little Michigan logo. I think it'd be so cool to just look at that somewhere down the line. I'll probably put it in a shoebox, but a time capsule would be much more cool.
1: Yeah, I've actually got a couple of shoeboxes that I have just like random trinkets with. It's it's a nice, It's very nostalgic to like open those up. Yeah, it's definitely something I'll look at down the line
2: regardless. yeah, I'd probably throw in a pair of joggers or a coffee mug. <laughs> Why is that, Brandon? That's pretty much been my life is sitting here for 14 hours a day wearing joggers and drinking coffee. That's fair. I was
1: going to say, I you know, I would have some raw stuff in there. I'd probably have some stuff from brown people we know, like... Uh, I got little stickers printed for it, but I'd probably also throw in like a bottle of whiskey just in case there's another pandemic or I go back to school or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, don't throw valuable, too valuable stuff in there. That's a utility. That could be a currency if need be. <laughs> well,
1: I'll I'll know where it is, so I can always dig it up if need be. Cool. So that was number two, uh, Sneha. Um, let's do thirteen. Oh, <laughs> this was a weird one. Um, But I like it because it's kind of odd. Someone gives you an elephant. You can't give it back. What do you do with the elephant? (laughs) These are like, I I swear I have like some Ross related questions in here too. (laughs) But but in my opinion, we're hitting the good ones.
0: I would teach the elephant to say go blue.
3: Nice. That would probably go viral. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there there has to be some way to do something that can... Some way to monetize the, the value of the elephant, right? Let's let's throw in some MBA classes here. I mean, can can you sell it? You said you can't give it back. Can you sell the elephant?
1: You could, but I would just be concerned that I'd be selling it to poachers. Right.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Saucy
1: spiracy on Netflix. So I'm very skeptical of everything right now.
3: Maybe you can just record it saying go blue and, and make some money off of that.
1: Put it on TikTok. <laughs> cool. I, well, I already, I have the questions in front of me, so I'm not going to pick a number. Maybe we can do like two or three more and then uh, we'll transition. Uh, Brandon, do you want to call out another number? Let's try six. Okay. Ooh, uh, so your first year at Ross takes you through the business core, marketing, ops, finance, and such. What's a class that you enjoyed more than you expected to? I think we did this on the last episode, too. But now we've all taken more classes, right?
2: So I'm curious to see. I mean, for me, it's always going to be accounting. I never, ever thought I would enjoy that class. And that still is probably, that might still be my favorite class I've taken at Ross. The one with incentive structures or cost-based accounting? and uh, It was just financial accounting with uh, Greg Miller that is like, I think that's the first one in all OMBAs take. And like, it's just, it was awesome. I love that. Yeah. Class. People
1: seem to really love him as a professor too.
2: Yeah. Suraj, I think we had, um,
3: for accounting the first semester, we had Dr. Dave, that was like his last semester teaching accounting, right? So, or, or maybe, I didn't see Leslie shaking her head. Maybe he went again this year as well, but um, I know he's, he's definitely retiring soon if he hasn't already. But that, that made accounting interesting for me, Brandon. I never thought I was going to enjoy that class, but when you have a good professor, and um, especially in, in a lecture hall, they really can shine. But when you have a good professor, they can they can make the content interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't expect to like that class. But the fact that I can comfortably open a 10K now and just like read these business statements is huge. It, I mean, that was the moment when I was like, okay, I feel like a business student or a business person now, whatever that means. But uh For me, strategic alliances with Michael Jensen was surprising. I think when I started the MBA, I expected to go back into the nonprofit sector, but I've found this interest in mergers and acquisitions and the beauty of that class, because there is a mergers and acquisitions class, but the beauty of that class is like, here are all your other options outside of M&A. And I think when you have a class like that, that really lays it out for you and builds a framework, it makes you feel much more proficient in the field of
3: M&A because you're able to evaluate whether it's the right option or not. The mergers and acquisitions course was my first excellent that I received. So I will say that I was also a fan of that class as well. Uh, Leslie and Sneha, I think you'll maybe have that this summer if you went the strategy route. But um, just to know it's, it's very interesting. I'll support Saraj on that.
0: I have that coming up. I just saw the syllabus for it. So I'm excited.
1: Leslie will be busy at PNG taking over her CEO internship.
4: Uh, that's right. Yeah, I won't <laughs> be taking the traditional strategy or entrepreneurship classes in the summer. But I'm excited because the flexibility of the weekend program is going to allow me to pick up some electives then during the fall and winter, which I am going to be focused on marketing. So I'm super excited about those.
1: Cool. Uh, Garrett, do you want to call it another number? Sure. Have we? Let's number three. Number three is: What resources have you found most helpful as an MBA for coursework, time management, etc.? I think we asked this in, in the beginning as well, but again, we've all had a lot of time since then. So uh, I'm curious, especially from the people that started more recently, if they've found any new new resources.
3: Yeah, ironically, Suresh, I think I might have gotten this question the first time around too. And um, it was definitely easier to use um, when we were in person and physically at Ross to to use all the resources. Not that they weren't here this past year. And and Ross does have some very good online resources. Going through Ross Recruit, I think I might've even done like a mock case interview with you, Siraj. So I definitely did utilize some of those resources. But Again, I think this is the same way I answered it previously, but uh, just relying on your cohort, right? We have a uh, we have such a strong knit cohort and uh, a good Slack channel, and and just in terms of staying on top of everything and prioritizing your workload, I really relied on on the people that I was in classes with.
4: I can I can build on that because my answer was going to be very similar, which was. The beyond not just the cohort, but I connected with a second year MBA who um, I originally thought that I was going to be staying at my company this entire time and post MBA, and just had conversations with her about looking into recruiting and these baby steps turned into me just full on going into recruiting. But had I not had these conversations to learn a new perspective or get advice from someone else who was further along in the MBA journey for me, I might've had such a different output from the MBA. So I think having those conversations and learning different perspectives is such a helpful asset and tool that we, that we have.
1: Yeah, so one of the other questions that I had on here, which I think we can just kind of transition to, is uh, shout out a classmate, a professor, or an alumni and share something nice about them. And I can start. So uh, I mentioned Dear Asian Americans earlier. And so the host or the founder of that is Jerry Wan, who's an alumni. And he has just set an example for me on how we can speak up confidently and support the people around us uh the community around us whether that's the ross community or in in the case of my podcast the south asian american community or in the case of work you know the pwc community i think like it can feel difficult especially in the beginning to speak up and to say things that might feel controversial or might feel not professional in the traditional constraints of what's considered professional um but just seeing him do it and do it with such force, not in, in the sense that like he's doing it aggressively, but in the sense that he's doing it assertively, uh, has been really impactful for me. And something that, again, when we think about coming to Ross as a way of expanding our impact in the future, um, it's something that uh, I will be picking up and, and taking moving forward. That was more of a serious one. But even if you just like went on a walk with a classmate and you had fun, feel free to shut them
2: out. I mean, I've got one. She's she's not technically faculty, but Patty Russo, the program director for the online, she's just unbelievable. I mean, for the whole part-time program, she is. But, like, we've had a lot of new course rollouts this year, and I'll be very blunt about it. Not all of them were spectacular. Like think were part of several of them. Um, and so we gave like a lot of feedback to her and that made its way back through our, um, you know, advisory council to, you know, leadership at the school. And she's always 1000% supportive and extremely patient with us. And, and really, um, she <clears throat> wants the online program and the part-time programs to succeed, I think, more than anybody. So if, if you come to Ross and you're in the part-time program, you will get to know her very well very quickly. And she is... Like, there's no one else on the planet like Patty. So shout out, Patty. Yeah, she's done an incredible
1: job of setting up extra calls. We've had super late calls just so that she can get feedback on classes. And I think she did the same for other programs, the weekend program and such, just to see how things were going with the online transition.
3: Um, So really going above and beyond. So thank you, Patty, if you're listening. Yeah. I, so just going through the recruiting season, I would like to, it's kind of corny, but shout out like all Ross alum. If you are recruiting from Ross um, and you see someone in any industry at any level that that has a Michigan background, it's an instant connection right there. And and the alumni network is so willing to just support and have conversations with you, even if they don't know you just from, from having that connection. So I'll shout out the entire alumni there. But I do one person in particular. Uh, just something that came to me, Baju Chapuri in my class. This guy, every single class, he was the the quote unquote class celebrity. Just always stepping up, um, answering every single question. Uh, kind of like giving jokes, being the butt out of jokes. You name it. He just his, I'm sitting. I'm thinking about a time when I'm sitting in in one of these uh, hybrid classes at the end of our last semester. And his face was always on the screen because he was always chiming in and just putting in the effort in the class. So like to shout out Baju.
0: Um, I would like to shout out, I actually want to do a team if that's okay, but the community impact team. So I was a part of that committee this past year. And i always loved volunteering, kind of planning those kind of events and kind of, you know, doing something with the community. And I was worried that once I started my MBA, I wouldn't be able to. But I think joining that committee was super fun because I not only got to participate, but also lead events and create those for other people in our cohort. So I just really loved having the opportunity to do that, and also just like the WNBA twos that were in that committee would then like advise us on things that we should look out for, and you know, just having the support along the way.
1: Yeah, and I think Mike Dobemeyer that led that team just received the Outstanding Leadership Award. So congrats, Mike!
0: I'll throw mine
4: in there too. I think the entire WMBA board and that's part of the community impact but it we're all so busy but they're pretty selflessly you know volunteering to be leaders within our cohorts and think of whether it's social events or community impact or you know relaying or focusing a message from the entire cohort to connect with faculty on to improve things for us so I think they were all rock stars for For
1: us this year. Awesome. Um, Yeah, I just want to shout out Natalie because she's just done such a great job um, since the start of our year. She was our president year one and she's continued in that role this year. So thank you for that, Natalie, and uh, congrats on your engagement. (laughs) There's been lots of news in the program this year. I feel like people are getting engaged, and actually, today's Baju's birthday. By the time we Uh, release this. (laughs) It'll be about a month old, but happy birthday, Baju. (laughs) Um, So with that, I will move into wrapping up. If you're a current or incoming student at Ross, look out for an email closer to the start of the 2021-2022 school year. Uh, The team will be bringing on new people because some of us are graduating. Um, And before we go, I just want to give a giant Congratulations to Leslie Beverly. She will be taking over as working for The weekend's new executive producer. Leslie's done an awesome job with launching our social media channels and really upping the marketing for this year. So I'm super excited to see where she takes the show next year. And thank you to the rest of the team as well, because with your help, we've been able to really expand the podcast. We rolled out the interview format this year. We've talked about a lot of new subjects. We brought on the OMBA program. Uh, Last year, it was just the weekend program on the podcast for the most part. And we've been able to continue building the Ross community through the transition to online, which uh, it's easy to take something like that for granted. But I know I personally have felt much more connected to the professors, to the alumni, to the students, just hearing the interviews that y'all have been doing. So thank you for that. With that, I will sign off on my last episode (laughs) as executive producer on Working for the Weekend. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Working for the Weekend is brought to you by the University of Michigan Ross School of Business. The host and producer for this episode was me, Suraj Kundakuri. Executive producers are Bob Needham and Suraj Kundakuri, and soon Leslie Beverly. Jonah Brockman did the editing on today's episode. Thank you again to our team, and thank you for listening along with us. See you next time on Working for the Weekend.